This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. People want health care that's high quality, they want access to it, and they want it to be affordable. This is a critical issue for so many of our families in California who struggle to make ends meet. You and I both agree healthcare is too expensive, yep. and uh, we've got to find ways to make it more affordable. We're definitely pushing the envelope, talking about the significant health care reforms we're pushing forward at the statewide level this year. I'm inspired by the fact that I think that ultimately we're going to get to a place where we can create that health care system that covers everyone, that's cost effective, and that's financially stable. Hi, I'm Joaquin Arambula, and with me today is uh, Dr. Jim Wood. Hey, how are you doing today? Doing all right. I, uh, I'm currently a member of the State Assembly, and I represent the Fresno area. Imagine that. Me too. I don't represent <laughs> Fresno, though. No, I represent the North Coast, uh, a beautiful stretch of, uh, I think I have the most beautiful district in California. Well, I'm biased, but I'm quite proud of the central San Joaquin Valley. Uh, being the first Joaquin we've ever elected to statewide office, I'm proud of the name and the community I come from as well. Well, I was born in the Central Valley. Does that count for anything? Oh, it does. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that. I was born in Turlock. Um, My dad was in the military, and uh, that began an odyssey that I uh, experienced for most of my uh, growing up years, moving from place to place. And uh, I think I went to 12 different schools by the time I finally graduated from high school. But I'll bet you probably know all your teachers. (laughs) I don't know if I uh, can recall them by name. I can't remember a single one. Oh, I... I'm quite proud of a lot of the education that we got, though, in the Valley. And wanted to know a little bit more, if you could, about what made you then settle on the North Coast if you've lived in so many places. Well, I, I'm a dentist by training, so I'm, I'm the first kid in my family to go to college. And uh, um, when I, after I graduated from River, UC Riverside and went on to uh, dental school at Loma Linda, um, I wanted to go to a place I wanted to live. And so I loved the Sonoma County area and uh, went looking for an opportunity and found it and uh, found my home. And uh, I've been been there ever since, over, over 30 years. You know, I was born in Delano in the middle of the farm workers movement and moved to Fresno when I was a young boy and went to public schools there. Yeah. I really liked uh, uh, having roots that you, you know where your home is. And yeah. I still live in the same zip code that I grew up in. It's nice to have those roots. I've lived in so many zip codes I can't even keep track. <laughs> so, and including the two we live in now, right? You know, because you know, we were here during the week. We're back in our districts, and then um, all over the place. So, um, but I got to ask you, um, and for people who might be listening to us and don't know much about us, I'm the guy that doesn't have the beard. And you're a guy that has the beard. So what's with the beard? <laughs> well, wonderful question. Uh, started in November, like most men. I November. actually was growing it uh, uh, in solidarity. My wife's brother is going through cancer treatment now and uh, wanted to support him and have been growing the beard ever since then. And it's a nice reminder of uh, kitchen table issues that our communities face, our constituents face, that our families face. And knowing how expensive health care is, it's a good um, uh, adjustment every time I look into the mirror that uh, uh, this beard helps to remind me that this affects real people each and every day. Well, it's a very nice beard, and <laughs> it's, a very, it's a great cause. If I tried to grow a beard, there'd be big holes in it, and it would really look ugly. So, um, Jim, if I can ask you a couple questions about uh, uh, where you come from and some of the challenges of your district, would love to understand sure. uh, more about the North Coast. I have, the, I have a big district. I have the biggest district of even any Democrat in the Assembly. So it takes me about seven hours to get from one end to the other. Um, and I liken it to uh, five children from five different mothers. Hmm. 
because every county is different. And so the issues you encounter in one county are different uh, in the next. And we have a wide range of socioeconomic uh, issues. Um, we have a wide range of, um, uh, of, of challenges that people face from economic to uh, social diversity, um, uh, environmental, you name it. And um, it really is, I think, uh, almost a microcosm of, of California. And uh, that makes it uh, challenging to, to represent, uh, and, uh, but fun at the same time. So you, you kind of have to almost have a different mindset sometimes and, uh, uh, when you go into different parts of the district. And, and uh, I have two of, the di two of the counties that I represent uh, uh, voted for Mr. Trump. And um, but they also voted for me, so um, which is kind of interesting. So uh, and I think at the end of the day, uh, for me and my district, it's about you know can I deliver and um, can I can I focus on the needs of the people that I represent? And um, I love doing that. I go back to my practice uh, when I practice dentistry, um, small town, and uh, three thousand people there, thirty six hundred people when I got there. And what I learned very early on was that um, uh, as the jobs we do now uh, with politics, it's all about relationships with people. So I had to find a way to connect with my patients in a way that I hoped that they would come back uh, and, and we would be able to have a longer, longer lasting relationship that way. Um, but in that, in that setting, in an isolated community, even though in Sonoma County, uh, Cloverdale, a uh, small town, um, a lot of people didn't even know Cloverdale was in the county, you know, and, and so, so for me that began kind of an odyssey of, um, you know, how do, we, how do we raise the awareness of some of the challenges that people face in rural communities, and that's kind of what led me on this, on this circuitous, uh, less, than, less than golden but more than winding road to, to Sacramento. Well, and I think it's important for those of us who come from the more rural parts of the state to have our voices heard, yeah. and it's important that uh, we have a seat at the table and recognize that we represent constituencies that don't universally vote for us. And I think that's a good reminder when we're up here that our responsibility is to serve all our constituents, mm -hmm. all of the communities that we represent up here. And mm -hmm. um, it's a challenge, but one that uh, I think we do quite well. You know, we, we do have different backgrounds a little bit. You know, um, as I said, you know, I, I'm first in my family to go to college. Um, and politics and um, uh, elected office are, were so foreign to me. And, um, and that's one of the things that will con contrast, because I want you to talk about something in a minute. But um, I, I joke that a year or so ago, um, I went to my first ever political science class, and I was the guest speaker. Hmm. I've never took political science in, in college. I was never elected to anything um, until I ran for my city council seat in uh, 2006. And so for me, a lot of this is, is just foreign. It really has been uh, just kind of learning along the way um, of things that are important and having people that say, you know, have you ever considered doing this or have you ever considered that? No, I hadn't considered that. But the more you get involved in, in public service in a variety of different levels, uh, the, more, uh, the more captivating it is. And, and then if you actually accomplish something, imagine that, um, it's, um, it, it, makes a, it makes for a very rewarding experience. So. But you come from a different background. Your dad was a member of the assembly. And I got to think that, you know, over time, your, the conversations at your dinner table were probably a lot different than they were at mine. It's, it's funny in many ways, though, that um, uh, my father's participation in politics originally led me not to want to do it. Um, it was his um, time away from the family 
Uh, it was the commitment to community that's required of our public service that as an um, adolescent you see as a negative. And yet, as I matured, I really saw it as an opportunity to serve your community at a higher level. Uh, my father was a real statesman who um, uh, fought for our community and uh, inspired me to want to serve as well. But I feel like sharing that for six months he told me not to do this, that uh, he didn't, uh, that coming to Sacramento can be tough on a lot of us. And um, uh, we live in glass houses and um, really was being a protective father. But I think that we model and mentor in a way that our children will see and learn from mm -hmm. and really believe this is an opportunity for me to help teach my daughters that anything is possible, that um, if, if you can be an advocate, if you can fight for your community and can earn a seat, it's your, now, it's your responsibility mm -hmm. to turn around and help your community. And um, there's um, a real lesson that I feel I learned through life, but it wasn't inherently wanting to walk in his footsteps, nor did he want me to. Mm -hmm. It was really realizing that there's a tool set and opportunities that we have available here in the state capitol and um, really have enjoyed this transition. Um, it, it's not always easy the, uh, uh, when you come up right away, um, but as time has come, I've started to really enjoy the job. It is, uh, you know, the best job I've ever had is to be able to have a voice, it's, especially now with what's happening with our federal administration. It's nice to feel like there are still uh, beacons of hope in our country, and um, I believe we as a state of California really are doing just that. So, Jim, maybe I can uh, ask the next question then. Yeah. What are some of the best parts or worst parts of this job? You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I think I love, this, I love this job because it's different every day. Um, and I think you know in, in your job, while the patients you saw uh, all presented with different things, um, there becomes sort of a routine to your life. And, um, and I think what we find here is that um, it, is, it is different every day and that the subjects we tackle and the things that we are expected to master are, are pretty, pretty broad. So, um, but I like the ability to tackle really hard things. Um, that's what gets me going, and that's what drives my staff crazy. Um, when I came in December, uh, when I started uh, after we got sworn in in December of, what, 13, 14, whatever that was. Anyway, um, for, I just sworn in in 14. I met with my new staff, and, and, and you know, we sat down and said, what, what are you going to, what, what is it that you want to work on? And I said, um, I said, I want to work on the environmental damage caused by illegal marijuana grows in the district. Nobody in the room knew anything about it. Uh, cannabis is—that's uh, how we refer to it now. But we, we, everything was marijuana, marijuana, and I learned very, very quickly, um, uh, you know, a lot about the issue. Um, and you, I also learned very quickly on these really complicated issues that you can't just dip your toe into part of the pond. You got to put your whole foot in there and uh, realize that if I was going to tackle some of the environmental challenges, I had to engage in the much broader uh, perspective about the entire industry um, and how we as a state failed, um, failed people when the voters in 1996 said, 
you know, they, they legalized medical, medical marijuana, we never put any regulatory structure in place. Mm-hmm. And so that began for me the beginning of, okay, I'm a freshman legislator. I don't have a f- clue um, about what I'm doing here, but I want to tackle this because it's the right thing to do, and it's so critical to my district. Mm-hmm. And so for me then to transition from that to um, – the, an issue related to a surprise billing that patients get sometimes when they go to a hospital and don't realize that the doctor that came in to see them when they weren't even awake um, sent them a bill and they weren't a part of a network to transitioning to that. And then the issue we've been working on around um, how do we get health care to everyone for California. So for me, um, I thrive on the challenge. And I told my chief of staff, the worst thing you can do for me is not let me tackle something that, that I believe is significant for, for the state. I, I didn't come here to just kind of nibble around the edges. I want to, you know, if I got to go down in flames, I'll go down in flames but it won't be because we didn't give it our best shot. Can you give us an example of one of those going down in flames, but you feel like you took the right swing at the right time? Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I won't get into too much in the specifics of the bill because the the players are still in the building. (laughs) Um, But I had everybody else in agreement in this Senate committee except one person, and that was the chair. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't please that person, and, and I lost a bill that I still still feel strongly about today and um, still believe it's the right thing to do. And at some point, I hope that I can bring that back, and, you know, maybe it'll be a different chair. But, um, but I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a competitive by nature. I know you are because mm-hmm. we play, you know, we play sports and, and stuff, and um, I don't like to lose, um, especially, you know, on issues that, that I, I feel really passionately about. Well, I'm going to tell you what I would do to reinvent government, but then I want to hear how you would reinvent government. Fair enough. So I came from I came from the private sector. I was a practiced uh, dental practice for almost 30 years, and in my world, um, I was always striving to be better. I think as as you would be as well, and trying to improve the quality and improve the efficiency and and deliver um, the best I could to my patients. And so to do that over time, that requires that you invest in equipment that you invest in your education, that you, that you invest, because you know at the end of that, that that the outcome for your patients is going to be positive. One of the biggest frustrations that I have with state government is we don't invest in anything in healthcare, from my perspective, and maybe, maybe that's harsh. But look, we, we could invest in um, education and programs around diabetes prevention and prevent amputations and heart disease and all these other things that we don't. Instead, we spend the money on treatment on the outside. And when it comes time to a beginning to invest in programs, we get this wall in government that says, well, you know, that's going to cost us money. And we're not always necessarily concerned about the five-year outcome of that and that it might save us money in the, in the, in the out years because this year it's a line item and there's other priorities. And so wouldn't it be nice if, you know, if we could do like in the private sector, and I'm, I'm just thinking I'm way outside the box here. I mean, when I needed to invest in equipment, I went to the bank, I borrowed money, and I paid it back, and I invested. We don't, we can't do that at the state level, but wouldn't it be nice if we could actually invest in, in some of these things that we know would provide better health outcomes for us um, in, in the long run, save people's lives, and instead of just looking at a lot of these things as line items, because it's just easy to whack that one off. Well, it's two million here, two million there, and, and we'll call it good, but we know we spend so much more money on treatment that we could, you know, change as far if, if we would just look at the prevention. And, and that's, that was one of the draws for me as we started looking at, you know, what, how things done in other countries. 
and and they they're done in other countries they they spend so much less on healthcare because they spend a lot of money on social services things like housing and behavioral health and those things they spend on there they spend two dollars on social services um, for every dollar they spend on healthcare in this country we spend a dollar on healthcare and 55 cents on social services we got it backwards we got it really backwards and those are the kinds of investments i think that that i would love to see us do more of but how do you change that and the sort of the glacial way that things happen in in government especially government that we're a nation state 40 million people well i think part of it is we have to be disruptors ourselves yeah. and you know we're definitely pushing the envelope talking about the significant health care reforms we're pushing forward at the statewide level this year and uh would love so what's your biggest frustration and i don't, well, want, I don't want to dwell on frustrations we'll, we'll call it a challenge how's that um my overall frustration is that uh, uh, every day I – every week that I go home, my daughters are a week older. And when you're seeing your kids in those uh, time snippets, especially as young as they are, it's, it is hard. I uh, just took my oldest daughter who's in the first grade to our daddy-daughter dance this last week and um, really had fun with it. Uh, uh, but my two five- and six-year-olds are growing up, and I'm trying not to blink and capture – each and every day. You know, and I'll tell you, because I want to go into something else here, I'll tell you that uh, my son is 22. Um, he's going to graduate from college this year. What has been, I think, one of the more um, fascinating things to watch and, and, and really rewarding is my, my son now uh, engages with me on, on issues that I'm working on, and he shows a passion for things like sustainability. Um, he, 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 he actually got uh, very um, engaged with the um, the aftermath of the Parkland uh, shooting, uh, um, and and the act the activism of, of young people, um, he follows my healthcare legislation. He he follows these things, and and we have conversations that I never dreamed we would have because when I wanted to talk about the things I was doing, he wasn't interested. Um, it took a maturation and a time, and I think now he realizes that um, that the work. I, why I feel passionate about the work I do, and I think he has a different appreciation for that now. And uh, I'm I'm really happy that our relationship is is stronger than it's ever been. Well, you know, much of what we do here in our state capital is hidden to many people at home, and yet our families can see the struggle and commitment we give to our communities. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm hopeful that through time they'll appreciate it, but still recognize that each week can be tough when um, uh, uh, you are grounded and improved by the life and family that you have. Well, yeah, so you're, so our journeys are different to get here on Mondays, right? So, I mean, we're a little, you're a little further away than I am, um, but your district is a little smaller. So, so you know, I, think, I don't think people really realize how, how long our days are and, and what we do. Um, you know, I get up um, 5.30, 5.45 on Monday, and um, I jump in the shower, and I drive to Sacramento, and I put on my suit, and I'm here by 8.30 or 9. And, um, and then our days don't end uh, at 5 o'clock. I mean, we, we're, I very rarely get back to the 
the, the, the rented condo in West Sacramento um, before nine. And, um, and then that we do that Monday through Wednesday, and then we're back in our districts and we're doing things in our districts. Um, we work really long hours. And so uh, I don't think people realize the amount of time that, that it takes for us to get around. And I'm not saying that to, I'm not asking for sympathy because we, 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 we choose this lifestyle, but, but if you want to do this job right, those are the things you got to do. Well, you know, in, you know, I tend to um, agree with what you're saying. You know, just yesterday I uh, was invited over to the governor's house, and we had uh, dinner with the first lady and the governor and several of us legislators. I don't know. Did if you see the puppy? I did get to see the puppy, okay. and that's what I was hoping to talk about. Actually, okay. okay. <laughs> Got to meet Callie and uh, uh, smell her puppy breath. And, oh. Um, uh, the first lady was uh, quite proud to be bringing around their new puppy and. Um, um, you know, and, and as challenging as this job is, there are memories that will never leave you. Well, you got to meet the puppy. I, I, a couple a month or so ago, was, uh, uh, we were out and shopping for faucets and, and uh, ran into uh, the governor's wife, uh, Ms. Uh, Ms. Brown, and at, uh, at, at Lowe's here in, in Sacramento. And uh, she remembered that conversation. And so when the governor gave um, his, uh, I guess it was the state of the state, mm -hmm. um, I went up and said hi to her and to him. And, and she said, oh, hey, did you get your faucet? And, and you know, the governor looks at us like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, last time I saw him, he was at Lowe's and we were talking about faucets. And I said, so how's that dishwasher? And he kind of looks at us. And, and those are the kinds of moments that, you know, that, um, that are, that are, you know, make you realize that we're all real people, you know, and so we spent a lot of time uh, over the fall really working together, working towards universal health care. And um, uh, for those that are listening, I'd love to refer you to read the report if you're interested. It's healthcare.assembly.ca.gov slash reports. You'll be able to access a 40-page report. That was, I'm impressed that you actually know that. <laughs> I really like talking about the, what work we put into it. So... Uh, those that are listening, we had seven hearings, over 30 hours worth of meetings from experts from all over our country talk to us about what our current state of health care is, some of our struggles and uh, solutions that we can work on going forward. And within this report are a lot of the results of those comprehensive hearings in a digestible fashion. And so uh, for the public, would love for you to follow up, uh, take a deep dive if you're willing. There is an executive summary if you're only going to read a small the, that's part. The, that's, but... that's the putting your toe in the pond, <laughs> pay, for those five pages. And there are a lot of bills that we're going to be pushing this year that are idealistic, that really require us to put our best foot forward and uh, uh, will be big pushes for us this year. And yet it's the values we bring to the discussion. And that's one of the parts of this job I've really enjoyed as well, is when you get to see behind legislators' personalities and personas and actually get to learn who they are and what they stand for. You know, it was nice hearing from you throughout the committee about your compassion for your patients. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of the values I did every time I put on my scrubs to go into the yeah. ER, that idea you take care of everybody who walks through your doors. Mm -hmm. It surprises me sometimes that California doesn't have that same mentality for all Californians. Well, I think that's what that's what unites us on this. I mean, we both feel passionately about that. And, um, you know, the, the pathway to getting to this committee and, and the report that came out has been a really, a really long process. And 
Um, I think what a lot of people may not really realize about us is that um, that we really are passionate about. Um, I believe healthcare is a right. I yep. think we ought to be able to do that. And but not everybody agrees with the way we want to get there, or the or the deliberative nature of how we put this all together. I think there's a lot of a lot of folks that would love to just swing for the fences, and you know, it, you can win the game with singles, walks, and uh, bunts, and all sorts of things to move to move the game along. Uh, a lot of times, the you don't need a home run to to win the game, and you know, when you get into um, the differences in perspectives on how, how we ultimately get there. I hope that people really understand that we're kind of all on the same team. I hope we're all on the same team. Uh, when I hear people that want, you know, they, they I think what I'm hearing, and um, and I don't believe I'm tone deaf, is that people want health care that's high quality, they want access to it, and they want it to be affordable. And I think we all want that. Um, how we ultimately get there um, remains to be seen. We've taken a very deliberative approach, and I think, uh, you know, it's the tortoise and the hare sometimes. I think we'll ultimately, we will get there. And, you know, I keep trying to remind myself as public servants, it's our responsibility to our constituents to deliver a good product. And what we do in healthcare and how we continue to make improvements and how we are deliberate with the fact that we can't change things overnight, yeah. that um, uh, any uh, thoughtful, deliberate action must take into recognition that so many of our communities are employed in the healthcare workspace, that we all rely upon the healthcare that we receive, and that we can't uh, uh, and need to be very um, smart about how we're actually implementing the change. But my frustration is looking at the system. and wondering why we're in the place we are today mm -hmm. and fundamentally believe we have to change our line of thinking to make sure we're incentivizing appropriate behaviors and treatments and that means we have to really look at the service model in which we're delivering care are we being effective in how we administer care and i look at the number of physicians who are in primary care the amount of spending that our system spends in primary care as uh, potential ways for us to see if we can re-incentivize appropriate behavior again. Yeah, because we got that one totally backwards. I Pe mean, you, you should treat your blood sugar before we're talking about amputating a, a foot, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, you know, it requires us to have providers for people to see, and I know that's an issue for you in a rural community as it is for me. Um, but, you know, making sure that we have enough people for us to get to. So I really focus on the system itself and seeing how we can uh, make improvements at the system-wide level. It, again, and we'll bring it back to the fact I'm happy we're here in California and not where our federal administration is. No kidding, um, no kidding. Uh, I'll tell you I, I, something you may, you may not know, um, and I haven't publicized it, um, but I was, on, I was in San Diego uh, with my partner. I wasn't feeling well. And it got progressively worse. She she said she said do you want you maybe we should go to the doctor you know and I said I said yeah you know I'm I'm not feeling that good I'm able to take a nap well about two hours later I decided no I'm going to the doctor so we went to the I went to the emergency room and um, I hadn't been to the emergency room I can I don't think I ever went to the emergency room and I experienced our healthcare system you know firsthand and uh, at the end of the day you know um, you know the diagnosis I, I wasn't I had something something viral but. Um, I was I was pretty sick, 
and um, spent the night, um, ended up going and leaving. And uh, the next day, that little adventure was $14,000. Wow. We have insurance, uh, um, which we pay uh, a portion of uh, as part of our employment here. And it, it brought home to me in a, in a very personal way how expensive the system is. Uh, we have to do better. Those are the kinds of things that motivate me. Right now I have a family member in the hospital. She's been in the hospital for eight days. Um, I shudder to think the cost of that. And, you know, I think I, the belief that the care uh, she's getting is, 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 is really, really good. But I watch and I look at things that if I were running the hospital that I might do differently. And I think sometimes um, it's, it's hard, to, hard to make those changes. Um, we get used to doing things a certain way. But at the end of the day, um, I think you, you and I both agree, healthcare is too expensive. Yep. And uh, we've got to find ways to make it more affordable. And we've got to find ways to make sure everybody is covered uh, so that everybody has that opportunity to be, live a healthy life. And along those lines, it usually is the values you want to bring to the table. So I'm going to talk about healthcare as a human right if I can sure. as well. If you're not caring about them from the moment they're born until the day they die, you're not incentivizing appropriate behaviors from them. Mm-hmm. Are you not educating and are you not helping to prevent problems? I saw so many people who came to my ER who, if we would have appropriately invested and educated in advance, they wouldn't need to come to see me. And it's one of the reasons why I'm here now is to get upstream of many of these problems. And I'm going to soapbox about one that um, uh, we hold a, held a hearing on this Monday, but it's one I think is really prevalent and exemplifies this type of appropriate investment that needs to be made. Something called adverse childhood experiences, mm, yeah. ACEs. It's, mm-hmm. um, we all face adversity in life, but it can be traumatic and scarring to mm-hmm. so many of our young children. Mm-hmm. And if we're not building the resiliency and grit in them at a young enough age, they end up making mistakes later on in life, mm-hmm. mistakes that we can't undo, that end up costing the system more money in the long run. And so I'm just trying to use my memories of, of working in the ER, much like your experience in the ER, as our impetus and urgency to help to fix the system and incentivize healthcare in the appropriate ways. Um, you know, I wanted to see if uh, see if anything surprised you during our hearings. I'd like to say that uh, um, I, I'd like to be able to say, "Oh, of course, nothing surprised me." Well, the reality is that um, what has been fascinating, what was fascinating about the our hearings was that um, all the things that have been tried and not been successful, um, all the things that have been tried and been moderately successful. Um, but the bold steps that have been taken um, uh, out, out in different areas. And, and, and it, it kind of inspired me uh, on the bold steps that I think that we can take here in, in California. And um, I think the, you know, the complexity of everything is, um, is so staggering. And I don't think people really realize, and I hope that we imparted that to people, if you tweak the system just a little bit on one end, the ramifications on the other can be enormous. And so if, you don't, if you're not cognizant of that, I think um, you could make a mess of things really quickly. Um, and that's what I think the value of our work and the study is that, that it's given us a great foundation. I think, you know, was it one of our members, Mr. Chu said, he said, I didn't realize I was signing up for a PhD in health policy. And I was like, bring it on because that's who we are. We're, you and I are very much into the weeds on these things and, um, very data driven, very detail oriented, 
the nature of who we are as people. Um, but um, it was, I think for me, um, it was just, it was, it was a really great um, uh, overview of the entire system and, and a history of some changes that, that, that people have attempted. And, and I think uh, for me, it, uh, it was uh, the most surprising thing was that, that um, how far into the weeds we were able to get, quite frankly. And um, I think the most exciting thing is that I, there's huge opportunities for us there. And, um, and I'm inspired by the fact that I think that ultimately we're going to get to a place where we can create that healthcare system that covers everyone, that's cost effective, and that's financially stable. Well, I share that vision because we are California. We don't follow, we lead the nation. And I'm really excited to see what leadership we can provide to this issue. Um, these are challenging subjects, but much like in the ER, um, I didn't uh, run away from fires. You run into them. Yeah. And this is a critical issue for so many of our families in California who struggle to make ends meet. So we went down this journey together. We continue down this journey together, um, our select committee and all the work we're continuing to do. Um, so, you know, where do you, are you, how do you feel about the future? I mean, are you optimistic? Are you, I mean, where do you think we're going? Well, I am optimistic. I look at the fact that our health care system needs to be improved. And the only way it really will become improved is if those of us who have practiced medicines, who have been on the front lines, are a part of this process. Um, you know, one of the examples I like to use is we insured more people, but we did we simultaneously increased the number of providers at the same time. I think there's benefits from having those of us who have been on the front lines really provide insights and improvements on the system that we have. Um, to be fair, I believe we're going to need a dance partner at the federal administration before I'm uh, more optimistic about our global long-term visions, um, but believe there are many short-term steps that we can do this year by introducing legislation that uh, does create that optimism, that hope, that belief that we can be the change that we want to see in the world, that if we're willing to take steps and sacrifices and commit to our community, can we then have a seat at the table to ensure that we can give a better product to all Californians? And it is to all Californians that I am focused on. Um, I'm um, coming from a part of the state where too many people are uh, still located in the shadows and are afraid to come out to seek appropriate medical care in a timely fashion and uh, really do want to be an advocate for all the people of my community, and uh, uh, that does keep me optimistic that we can fight for health for all and for health for all Californians. Jim, any, you know, where where are you in this discussion? How are you feeling um, uh, uh, after all of our hearings? Uh, uh, what has it elicited in you? Um, other than exhausted at times, quite <laughs> frankly, um, uh, I too am. I too am optimistic. I think there are some. There are some things that we can absolutely do this year, and I know we're focused on those. Um, but I'm also, um, and some people might say, oh, you're, you're just being pessimistic. Um, I don't see it that way. I'm the cautious optimistic. I ask hard questions, always ask hard questions. And um, I ask them because if we don't ask them, if I don't ask them, you don't ask them early, we we aren't going to get across the those barriers and so so you, we can't oversimplify these things and sometimes things get grossly oversimplified and when you start asking the other those hard questions i think people think oh you're you, you don't you're not supportive of what we're doing 
just the opposite. Um, I am I am optimistic. I think we 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 really do have a chance, and I think we will be leaders, um, um, the leaders we always are in California. And I would say the only thing you, you say we need a dance partner, we need a dance team <laughs> in Washington D.C. because you know even even with a friendly administration, you know you've got all these different federal agencies we've got to deal with. And if I've learned one thing is that you know bureaucracy is is not an easy thing to to maneuver. And we understand our own state bureaucracy. At times, it makes us want to pull our hair out. For the record, we all we both have hair, um, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, you know we we get frustrated by that. But then you add a, a, a federal level onto that, and it's a different system. It's a different world, and it's a different set of challenges. And so, so for me, you know, I'm optimistic, and I know that we will make progress. Um, will it be fast enough for everyone? Probably not. Um, but will it be better for California? Absolutely. And I look forward to being a part of that. Well, thank you. And it was a pleasure chatting with you. Um, it's always a pleasure. We'll do this again. Well, and maybe not in front of a microphone. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I want to thank all of you who were listening to this episode of Look West.